All right, so we are here with uh, Derek Grant as our guest today, and uh, Derek Grant is uh, just an awesome guy. Really lucky to have him on the, on the show, and uh, is a former Harlem Globetrotter, and is a professional skills trainer with basketball now. Um, family man, just overall fantastic guy. So uh, thanks for joining us, man. Nah, no problem. Thanks for having me on today. So the 15 minutes of mental toughness. So I've got the questions I'm going to ask you. So uh, let's let's get into it. With mental toughness, what, is, what does mental toughness mean to you? To me, mental toughness is, um, it's about not stopping when you want to quit, when it's when things are getting hard, uh, when you feel like you don't have any more in the tank. Physically, you may be exhausted. It's the mental that's going to carry you over that over that hill. And uh, with what I do, I see it all the time. You know, the players, the really, really good players, the elite players that I work with, it's when they've been working out for an hour. They're physically exhausted. They've missed, you know, nine of their last ten shots, and they start to doubt themselves. That mental toughness is, comes in and says, you know what, you got this. You can get through it and, and make it happen. And that's, that's to me, and I always say the best players usually in any sports, obviously you got to have the athleticism, you got to have the skill set, but it's the mental toughness that usually sets, sets apart the good from the great. Um, when you see it like in a game, what, what would be an example like you would see, um, you know, not necessarily a training environment, but like the actual competition environment, what would you see? Well, in the, in the basketball world, adversity, you know, you're down by 10 and you got four minutes left. Do you, do you crumble or do you, you know, do you stand up and say, all right, it's time to, uh, to, to really focus in and, and, and get the job done? And to me, mental toughness, like I said, that's what's that ultimately separates good from great. And great is when you're down, when you're down, you're losing. Can you come back when you're not hitting shots? Can you come back when you got to make this? three foot putt, you know, to force a playoff, can you focus in and 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 do it? And a lot of times I with what I what I do and what I see is mental toughness also is blocking out doubt. You know, blocking out like, am I gonna make this? I need to make this shot. I need to make mental toughness is having, you know, the strength mentally to block out all doubt, to keep it out. It's like think of think of like, you know, uh, three little pigs in the house with those made out of brick. That brick is the mental toughness to keep from, you know, the doubt, the wind coming in and blowing it down. So that's, uh, to me, it's it's everything in sports and in life, not just sports. Yeah. Mental toughness goes hand in hand with, well, I don't care if you're, you know, in the boardroom or you're on the basketball court. It goes along. It goes with everything. Well, we know you and I would both make that three-foot putt, though, right? Oh, hey, I don't know. I'm the, I'm the two-putt king, I'll be honest with you. I'm not the best putter. <laughs> Uh, I always say like those uh, five foot putts are kind of like free throws, man. Got to have a good routine. Yes, yes. You gotta you gotta depend on. You've done it. Me, me. For me personally, I I trained and worked and worked and worked and worked to even when doubt came in. I said, you know what? I've done this enough. There's nothing to worry about. You know, I got to make this free throw. But I've shot ten thousand free throws. So what's one free throw? I can I can I can do this. Yeah. And would that be your process? Would that the that whole thoughts would come in there? It, it, yeah, it would. Um, I always say that confidence is is the key. It's the foundation. You got to have confidence. Well, you get confidence from from doing something over and over and over and over again. Like you believe in what you what you can do because you've done it so many times. And that's that's for me personally. And with anything I do, I 
I have confidence in what I what I do now because I've spent so many hours, spent thousands of hours on the basketball court. So to me, confidence comes from competency, being able to do something, understand what you're capable of, understanding what you can do because you've done it so much. Yeah. So uh, so when it comes to like the, the hinge moments, so that those defining moments that happen in people's life, I mean, it's definitely it's what I'm all about. I think we're always getting ready for those moments. We just don't know when they're going to happen. Could be a person, could be an event, could be a situation or even a decision. Can you share with us what, what's been a hinge moment in your life? Sure. I, I think of one moment. It's, I mean, it, it's definitely the hinge moment. I was uh, played eight years for the Harlem Globetrotters. New management came in, and everybody knows in the sports world, you know, your your time is usually limited. You have a short time in your in your playing career, and I was fortunate enough to play eight years. But new management said, "Hey, we're going to go in a different direction." So I got released. A week later, uh, I had reached out to a, a professional skills trainer down in Florida. His name is Gannon Baker. Ends up, he's my mentor. I mean, he's known all around the world and reached out to him and said, hey, I think I want to get in training. Is there stuff you can you know, teach me? He said, sure, come on down. I got some NBA guys down here for the pre-draft uh, camp getting ready for the for the NBA draft. Come on down. You can help out. You can help out my international skills clinic. So I go down there to uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm at the airport. They're saying they're going to pick me up. And nobody's there to pick me up. And I'm sitting there waiting and waiting. I'm calling. Nobody's answering. After about an hour and a half, I said, you know what? I'm going back home. This this clearly wasn't meant to be. I was a little broken, you know, a little broken from just being released, you know, the week before. I said, you know what? It's just time for me to go home. And I'm on my phone about to book a flight, and I just so happened to glance. In the escalator, there's a seven-foot-four guy coming down, coming down the escalator. And that seven-foot-four guy was my teammate for the Harlem Globetrotters. Wow. And he was supposed to fly out that morning but his flight got delayed and he was like i gotta drive down to miami now they're saying i gotta catch another flight well that was on the way to where i was supposed to go so i said you know what i'm not gonna go home i'm gonna go ahead and see if he can give me a ride down there i got down to the facility and they were all there and he said you know again it was extremely apologetic i'm sorry you know the guy who was supposed to pick you up he wasn't he was there and but that was the hinge moment if i had made the decision to go home I know for a fact I wouldn't be doing what I do now. I wouldn't have the opportunity now to touch so many lives that I that I do now. I know for a fact that I wouldn't be in the position I am now. So it was kind of like I look back on it now and it was like I can go left or I can go right. Which which is it? And I was about to go left and I went right and that like I said everything took off after that. And that was that was the defining moment. That was the hinge moment of my career. It was kind of and I didn't know it at the time, but looking right. back on it, that was definitely my hinge moment. Wow. Man, that's such an awesome story. I mean, I'm kind of like tearing up here just because, uh, you know, timing's everything. I mean, if that guy's yeah. coming down the escalator at that time. And, you know, what's interesting is because you you obviously went through a bunch of adversity there. And, um, I mean, it was just one of those meant-to-be moments, right? Right. And it was it was kind of like that was I was at my breaking point. I'm like, I just yeah. got released. We just found out we were expecting our second child. Here I am. I don't, you know, our source of income is cut 100%. And I'm just like, I came all the way down here to Florida. Nobody's here to get me. I'm. This is it. I'm going back home. I'm going to go find a job, a nine to five. I'm finished. Yeah. And I always say that God God doesn't put more on you than, than you can handle. And he knew I was at my breaking point. And he said, okay, don't worry. I got you. And like I said, my, my former teammate came 
came down the escalator and was like, it was like he was heaven sent. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, what's interesting about that is, um, you know, we, we can't, we can only prepare for the unpredictable and, um, you know, time is everything. Um, there's really not much that you did in that moment other than just be open to what was happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was it. I mean, you're, timing is everything. There's so many things. I just look at my life. There's so many factors that come. We like to think we have control over everything, every, and you know, in the sports world, I mean, you don't, you don't, I mean, life and you just don't, there's a higher being who has control over you. you. We like to think we have control over everything, but we don't. I would say I control what I can control and that, which I can't, I leave to him and that's it. It's yeah. it. Now, sometimes it's harder than what it sounds. You know, I like to, think i can do everything but you know it, the, the the hard part sometimes is that's, that's mental toughness being able to say you know what i've done all i can i can that's it I, and and, yeah. and let the chip fall where they may yeah as opposed to always just trying to control the situation and then let just god do the rest right right exactly, exactly. always always say uh, you know god can move mountains but we got to bring a shovel you know we've got to at least be open to it and exactly and yeah yeah, yeah. That's that's such a good story, man. No, thank you, thank yeah. you. Um, so, when it comes to, like mental toughness in individuals, and you mentioned that earlier, like with real life, um, what what is one thing that you think that people can do different or do better at, you know, to build mental toughness and to get mentally tough? You know, that's that's the uh, that's the million dollar question. Uh, with so many kids I work with, mental toughness is lacking in the generation coming up. Um, and I think back where I got my mental toughness, I got it from my parents. My parents taught me, you know, my parents grew up in rural South Carolina during, you know, rough times. I mean, it was a uh, civil rights movement. It was, they grew up, my, my father was one of eight kids. His dad died when he was seven years old. He was the third youngest. His, his mother raised eight kids by herself after that. And my, my mother, grew up on a farm, didn't have much. And to see where they are now, the success they've gained in the corporate America is because of their hard work, their mental toughness, being able to overcome adversity. You, you know, the old saying, iron sharpens iron. That's the only way you can get mentally tough by enduring adversity. A lot of kids I work with now, I see that they shy away from adversity. Things get hard, they go away. I've been fortunate enough that I've had two parents that taught me when things are hard, when things are tough, that's what you want because that's when you're really going to this is going to mold you this is what's going to give you fortitude and strength so i don't run away i used i used to kind of shy away from but i don't run away from tough situations anymore because i know if i can get through it it's going to make me tougher it's going to make me stronger just like lifting weights you don't build any muscle lifting weight you can already lift you have to push yourself and lift heavier weight if you want to build muscle and like i said i think now the generation coming up today they struggle with that a lot of we're, we're kind of Everything, everybody wants everything now, everything easy, everything, you know, microwave success. So they're not willing to put in the time, the pain, the struggle, the adversity to endure and build up their their mental strength muscle. And to me, if you're willing to fail and learn from that failure, you, you will get tougher mentally. You will get stronger mentally. And that's why I tell my kids I work with pros, too. I tell them, when you're with me, I will never get on you for missing or messing up, ever. Mm -hmm. I want you to mess up. I want you to learn how to embrace failure 
and get through it. That's how we're going to build. Because ultimately, like I said, your ment your mentality is what's going to take you above and beyond everybody else. Man, that's so awesome. I love that too. I mean, that's going to be the title of this episode, man. Microwave success. Yes, we got we got to get rid of we got to get rid of the microwave, man. Yeah, we got to get ice, hard. I mean, coal fire, coal burning fire. You got to. It's going to take a long time, but man, it'll be worth it. Absolutely. Let me ask you something uh, in terms of like uh, Harlem Globetrotter. What, what would uh, what would be one thing that the average person wouldn't know about your career and, and what you did? Probably uh, just being gone. I mean, we were. I would leave every year. So for eight years, I was on the road. I would leave Christmas morning every year. So mm. when we had kids, you know, my flight would usually leave at eight in the morning. I got to leave the house at six. There was no Christmas. There was no opening presents. You know, I have to do it in FaceTime from a hotel room. And then being gone for five straight months. I mean, five straight months. That's, that's, I don't care who you are. That's tough. Wow. And playing a game every single day, eight games a week. We play two games on, on Saturday. Wow. Different city every night. I mean, I'd be in six cities in a week. Hotel, hotel, hotel. All that mattered was what time you had to be on the bus. And what time you had to wake up, basically. What time was it, the wake-up call? I didn't. I mean, there's no point. My wife would always ask me, "Where are you?" I have no idea. It doesn't matter. I have. I'm only going to be here for probably 15 more hours. I don't. I have no idea. Wow. So pr probably, I would say things aren't as glamorous as they, as they seem. You know, sometimes and people say, "Oh, you know, why don't you get into college coaching? Why don't you?" Because I know I've, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that things don't always look. <laughs> the way how we look at it from this perspective, but I know how it really is, and I love what I do now. I'm at home. That was always my, that was always my my uh, my prayer to God when 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 I got released. I said if I can just be around the game of basketball and be home. Well, yeah. I thought that was going to be a, an assistant coach in the NBA, or that's that's what I initially I want, I want to be a coach for the Pacers. I'll be able to be home. Well, after having friends who are in the NBA and coaches, they're never home. Yeah, and I always I always tell my players this. I say. Pray for what you want. Ask ask God for That's what he wants us to do. He wants you to ask. And everything I've ever asked for, everything I've ever prayed for, he's given to me. He's given me more than what I've asked for. I asked to be home, be around a game of basketball. By no means did I think I was going to have my training business and be home every single night. So that, that's that's what I, I mean, I love the Globe Trail. What they did for me, I mean, it, it molded me into the man I am now. Yeah. You know, it, being able to sit down and, talk with guys from China. I mean, I've been to China eight times now, so we can say, oh, you know, when I was in Beijing, I went to this restaurant. So it's it's definitely cultured me. And uh, it, like I said, it's made me a better person. And I'm extremely gracious and thankful for the opportunity that I did have to travel the world and entertain folks all around the world. That's awesome. Hey, do you ever like introduce yourself? Be like, look, I've, I've never lost a basketball game. <laughs> I used to, you know what? When I used to play with my college guys, we would play one on one, and I would tell them, "I was like, you know, I've never lost before ever. So <laughs> my professional career, I've never lost. So I'm not going to start now." Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, where can people uh, learn more about you, follow you, and uh, and get in touch with you? You guys can follow me on Twitter, or Instagram. It's DG Basketball Two, the number two. Uh, you can go to my website, Derek Grant Basketball. It's Derek D E R I C K, uh, DerekGrantBasketball.com, and. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be throwing some camps this summer. Probably in June, we'll be at uh, Best Choice Fieldhouse, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm here in Fishers, Indiana, and Indianapolis area. Hopefully, being uh, a little more global this summer as well. 
That's awesome. Thanks so much for your time, man, and uh, have a great day. All right. Thank you, Dr. Rob.